Thanks for uh, being here this morning at Outward Church, the, the Outward keynote, if you will, uh, for the year of the State of the Union. We do this about once a year, maybe twice a year as we begin the fall. Um, as you probably notice, if you haven't been here in a little while, things are a little bit different. Um, and so our, our seating arrangement is just, uh, is just a, a little bit uh, changed. But part of that reason is for maybe what you just experienced, which is we want you to worship with us, not just at us. We want you to, to be here to be a part of what God is doing and not just spectate. And so what this means for us is that we get to participate in what God is doing uh, with his people at Outward Church in Salem, Oregon, uh, over the next years, however long you're with us, however long God has you here, how, however long we're here until Jesus returns. And so we're excited about what God is doing. Uh, we're excited about what he has in store for us. We're, we're excited about what uh, has happened over the last several months since we've done this last. And we're looking forward to uh, this, uh, this coming season. So, it, you know, if you just had uh, Christmas, like we all, I guess all of us did, whether you liked it or not, but um, I, I just gave in to the video game craze. I know I'm a late bloomer with that, but uh, my kids, we got them a Wii, and me and my wife have been playing it as well, and so that's been uh, kind of crazy, and, and I'm kind of a late bloomer when it comes to these things, and so I uh, was playing, me and my wife had some friends over, the kids were in bed, and yes, we were playing the Wii by ourselves now. And uh, even though I've been so against these things, I was, I'm not doing this. I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not giving in to this media craze, uh, but we decided to play. And I'm sitting there, and I'm playing, and, and Logan Graham, who leads our young adult ministry, at least for the next few minutes, he, he was sitting there, and, he's, and, and he's, he says, I'm doing pretty good, uh, uh, not nearly as bad as Matt is. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting here playing this game, and I'm just going... Like, I'm doing all right. I'm like in sixth place or whatever. Well, what I didn't realize is that on this split screen, like, I was watching the wrong person the entire time. How do you do that? I'm sitting there, and I'm turning the, the thing, and I'm going along. Lo and behold, I had no idea I was sitting there up against a wall during the entire race. Everybody got done. Like, Matt, when are you going to finish? I'm like, I am finished. No, you're not. You're up against a wall. So hopefully I'm a better pastor than a, uh, than a video gamer uh, this year. So we had a great Christmas, and I had two weeks off after Christmas off of preaching at least, and, and so that was really awesome for me and uh, my family. I'm really appreciative of our elders, um, at least the two that... Um, I'm, I'm appreciative of all of them, but especially the two that taught for me uh, while I was gone, and so that was, um, that was exciting, so... I appreciated Tim and Brian doing that. I've, I've got my Mac up here with me because I, uh, I could not figure out how to get PowerPoint to work with this whole thing. So we're just doing it off the Mac here with some stuff. I don't have nearly enough table space. I need a larger, um, a larger table. But uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Where have we been? What, what's been going on? Uh, in August of 07, we planted a church, and a bunch of people came along and we started this church, and it was this crazy thing. God had put a vision in my heart of what could be in Salem, something that is, is completely crazy, something that didn't exist yet. And I believe there wasn't another church like ours in our city, and that's very true of a lot of churches in our city, but especially this church, because God had put a vision in my heart for this generation. It's not exclusively young people, but it de definitely does include younger people, the next generation, the people who haven't started churches yet. And so God had put this on my heart to plant a church uh, along with a team of people who were alongside of me, and we decided that this has to be because the next generation needs to participate. It needs to be a part of this, not because they should, but because they can not because they have to, but because they get to be excited about Jesus the way that I'm excited about Jesus. And so God put this thing on my heart to start this thing, and we started this thing. And what took place was this. It, it, it was this incredible gathering of a bunch of young people who had no idea what they were doing. And the reason why that was was because almost none of us had any previous ministry experience. I had a little bit. Uh, I had worked in a church for about five minutes 
Um, I, had, I had been sent out by that church. It was more than five minutes. It was almost two years. But I'd been volunteering prior to that. My dad was a pastor, so I'm familiar with church and all of that. But I, we started this church for people who are disconnected because of this, because we have a generation of people that are completely thrown for a loop because of what's been happening throughout the years with the advent of the internet through Al Gore and his generosity to us, right? And, uh, and, and, that, and the way that communi communication happens uh, today, uh, it happens instantaneously. It, it was so slow before, whether it was snail mail or you had to pick up a phone or you had to, whatever you had to do. But now I can send you an instant message and you can get it and you'll pick it up and you'll read it. Maybe if I, if I don't bug you with too many messages. But uh, messaging and the way that we talk to one another and the way that we communicate, the way that we know about what's going on in our world has completely changed for this generation. And as a result, it changed the way that we see things, the way that we experience life. And what happened was this, is that we, we had many older established churches, which are playing very soft music, by the way, uh, many old established churches, which are great people, and they, those churches were established for those communities at that time and that generation. And clearly, we all should be reaching all generations. But what was happening was this, is that there was a generation that wasn't able to get its foot in the door. It wasn't able to get its foot in the door and, and say, okay, God has something for me too. They couldn't see it because no one was really letting them in the door of leadership. No one was really allowing them to be a part of this thing. They were, they were just kind of doing their thing and just leaving the church little by little. And maybe you'd go up to Portland to go to church because there were some pretty cool churches up there. Or maybe you'd just stop altogether. That was my concern. I wanted people to see Jesus in his fullness. And I believed this, that there was no age restriction it just said that people need to be mature in their faith in the scriptures to, in order to lead a church. It said that we should be making disciples. And so I believed this. We believed this together. And so God has been doing something over the last almost nine years now. It's a little bit more than eight years. We're about midway through here. But almost, uh, almost nine years now we've been doing this. And God has been laying a foundation of something that is incredible. God has been doing something Incredible. Throughout that period, one of the things that we saw, we were in a leadership meeting just recently, and we talked. We we're trying to think of three words that describe who we are and who we've been. Like what describes the DNA of Outward Church? And what we said was, it's it, it's it's passionate, it's 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 crafted, it's 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 put together, and it's disruptive in nature. It's all of these things. Like we we came together and we were passionate about uh, worshiping Jesus. Like there was just this eruption of worship music that was loud and it was incredible and we were passionate about Jesus and we're passionate about all kinds of things that are going on in our city. We're passionate about getting the next generation into the church and seeing them be a part of what God is doing here. But it's more than that. It's crafted. We were crafting something specifically for this generation. We were looking in the word of God and seeing what is right and then saying, how can we fit that into uh, what, we're, what we're doing here? Or how does our model fit into what the scriptures say, I should say, rather? How does our model, what, what we're trying to do in our city, how can we do that in a theologically sound way? Because during that time, and, and even today still, but especially during that time, there's many, many people who are questioning the, the truthfulness of the scriptures. They're questioning the importance of the church. They were questioning so many different things. But God had laid on our heart to craft something for this generation. And so we crafted a church that was going to speak to this generation. It's available to all generations, but we crafted a church and we crafted gatherings. And we, we thought through the details and we thought through what is it going to take to get these people to hear the gospel so that they can mature in Christ and become people who, who God is using in their city for his glory. What's it going to take? But So one of the, one of the things that it's going to take is it's, it's going to take being disruptive. I don't know if you know the story of Jesus too much, the gospel, but Jesus' story on earth is disruptive. Jesus comes uh, to earth and when he starts his ministry, it just turns the religious world on its ear. 
everything just kind of goes crazy and people are upset with this guy and he does things completely different than the way that everyone else did it. But Jesus kind of sets a model of disruption that sometimes we have to be disruptive in a righteous way, disruptive towards the models and the, the concepts and the things that we thought had to be there but really weren't a part of the scriptures. All they were was tradition. That's all it was. It was tradition. It was the way, this is the way that it's supposed to be. Well, why? Well, it's because we've always done it that way. Well, why? Well, it's because that's just what we do. Well, why? It doesn't have to be that way. If, if you can't back it up with Scripture, it doesn't have to be that way. And so what we talked about is this, is that we want to be people who are passionate. It's involving all of us. It's, it's serious worship of head, heart, and hands all of our life. It's crafted. It's not a rubber stamp of other churches. It's disruptive. It's counterintuitive. It's across the grain. It's upstream. And our church for the last almost nine years has been doing this. And God has been doing something amazing here. God has been doing something amazing here. And I got to tell you what that looks like. It looks like this. It looks like our leadership team being full of guys who haven't been on other church staffs except for one, Ryan uh, who's our uh, worship leader and executive pastor. But our, most of our guys have never been in ministry before. They were guys that were raised up through the ranks. Many of our staff, people who are leading our community groups, the people who are involved on a regular basis, the people who are coming to our church, we're not talking about traditionalists. We're talking about people who are from the city and who would not uh, perhaps found another church that they would have fit into. Our church meets that need. We have been innovative from the beginning, and God has used that for his glory in our city. He's been laying a foundation of something that's been taking place, and it's taken a long time. There's been some setbacks. There's been some ups. There's been some, there's been some downs. There's going to continue to be that because it's the church. We're imperfect people. Not a single one of us is perfect. Not myself, not any of the elders, not any of the staff. Every single one of us are faulty human beings who are simply saved by the grace of God. And what we get to do is we get to come and just say, as a sinner, that I'm somebody who needs Jesus just as much as you do. If you're here for the first time, and you're here and you have sin in your life, or you just feel guilty about something, or you don't know what's up, but you're just like, something's happening, something's going on, I want you to know that you're no different than any of us. The only thing that makes us different is the fact that we know the way, the truth, and the life, and that's through Jesus Christ alone. We've been laying a foundation with those kinds of people, with people who don't think that they belong, and we say you belong because Jesus says that you can belong. You can be a part of this. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Five people excited about that. Woo! Yeah, yeah. We're passionate, right? We're passionate. We're going to say it. We're, gonna, we're just going to continue to say it. So how is that transformed into where we are today? What's God doing today? We're still passionate. We are still involved in the whole idea of our head being connected to our heart, which then flows out to our hands. It's not just theological knowledge that we have, knowledge about God. You can know some things about God, and that doesn't mean anything. That hasn't changed your heart just because you know some things about God. What we, what we mean when we, when we say passionate, we're talking about it's got to be something that involves all of you, all of me. It's all of us. It affects how we think. It affects how we feel, how we look out to our neighbors and we empathize with what they're going through. And then it translates into how we serve in our community and how we're serving in our homes, and how we relate to our friends and our neighbors, and even to ourselves. It's, it comes out in our actions, how we treat the people around us. What are we doing that is making this difference? We're, we're still passionate. We're crafted. God has been doing an amazing work all throughout history by crafting Jesus' arrival he, he's telling about it. He's prophesying about it from the Old Testament all the way up uh, to the beginning of the, the New. He's telling about it. He's telling about it. He's telling about it. Essentially shouting, hey, I'm creating something. I'm doing something new. There's something that's coming. God is creating. God is making something new. He's doing that here as well. And we are doing that together as a church. We are crafting something that is important. And what are we crafting? We're crafting a church body, and it's not just me, like I'm behind the scenes 
uh, like the Wizard of Oz, you know, pulling these levers. But it's we are doing this together. We're laying a foundation. We're laying a foundation. We're crafting something together. And what's that look like? It looks like this. Care for you. Care for you and your family. Care for you and your future wife or husband. Care for you and the way that you live throughout our city. It comes out in care for our city. Because we believe this, that the church is the hope of the world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's, it's not just an option. It's not just an option in the city. It is the hope of the world. We believe that wholeheartedly that the church, Jesus' church in our city, there's many, uh, well, there is one church, but many expressions of that in our city, but especially throughout our church, Jesus is doing something, and we are crafting an environment that is going to be inviting both to you and to our city. What, what does that look like? It looks like this, it, from the parking lot to the pew. It looks like greeters who care about you, they care about how you experience God. They care about how you're being greeted and welcomed into the presence of God with his people. And no, God doesn't just reside here, but there's something special about God's gathered people. We're crafting this. We're crafting our, all of our environments. The reason why we have a stage in the middle is because we're crafting an environment that is leading to our people, to you, to all of us, becoming people who are being built up into his church. This is what we're doing. We're crafting this environment. We're creating spaces that are going to be inviting to people, from the cleaning team to the hospitality team. These people get here early. They pick out donuts so that you have something to eat. They clean the toilets so that that's a nice place to be. <laughs> right? One of our guys, Brandon Haverland, brings his family, him and his kids, go in there and they take care of the bathrooms. I hope they'll continue to come to church when they're older. Our hospitality team, our, who, who takes care of food, our kids ministry, our kids ministry is caring for your kids and for my kids. They're crafting environments that are welcoming to them. Why? Because we believe that the church is the hope of our world and of our city. And they're, they're going through the scriptures and they're saying, what's going to speak the message of the gospel, what's going to speak to these people and how are, they, how are they going to receive this? These kids, how are they going to hear about Jesus? How are they going to experience him? Your community groups. Your community group is one of the best ways that we craft an environment because we believe this, that big, conversa big conversations happen in small places. Big conversations happen in small places. Right now, this is just a one-way conversation. But in the home or in a smaller environment, you get to be with a group of people and you get to have a two-way conversation, trying to understand what it is that God has for you, trying to understand the scriptures, trying to understand what is it that God has called you to. What is it that God is doing in your life right now as you go through suffering? What is it that God is doing in our city and in our world as he allows these things? And how do we make it through that? How do we maintain the faith? How do we make our city better? How is Salem, the city of Salem, better because of what we're doing in our community groups? We're crafting that environment. Your marriage. We care about your marriage. Listen, I want to tell you that you can go to counselors all throughout our city. And many of them will say, you know, I, if it's not working out, it's not working out. They're going to talk about you as an individual. But what we know is this, is that God is the creator of marriage. And God is the one who has brought you together. And it may be difficult. And you may be dealing with a lot of suffering. But I want to help you understand something. And that, and that is this, that God's best for you is residing in how you function with your spouse and how you get along, and how you work together. We care about that. We want you to be together. We pay for counseling. We will counsel you. We'll work together with you. We'll talk with you about your struggles and the things that you're dealing with. We care about what's happening because we care about your marriage. We care about what's going on. It's one of the biggest things that we have going on. We have so many young marrieds in our, in our church right now, and I realize we got some single ladies in the house, all right, and, and men, but... Um, I won't mention you by name. That'll be 
embarrassing, right? But uh, we're glad that you're here. But what I'm talking about is this, is that we care about what's happening in your marriage. And some of those first few years are some of the hardest. And some of you think that you're all alone, but you're not. And the worst thing that you can do is just reside in isolation. And that's going to keep you isolated and further spread you apart with your spouse. We care about your marriage and we care about our community and we have this to offer our city. We have this to offer our city and we have to believe that. We have to believe that God can use us to do great things in our city. We have to believe that he is able to transform the marriages in our city so that there's a healthy mom and dad in the home and that kids are loved and cared about. We believe that we can bring healing to the people of our city in and through this. And so we're passionate about these things. We're crafting environments for these things, but we're also a little bit disruptive. And being disruptive today looks a little bit like this. We're not going to tell you what you want to hear. I just, I just hate to tell you that, all right? I, and really, I don't, because we're disruptive, right? I mean, like, I, we're not going to tell you what you want to hear. We're going to tell you what you need to hear. That's our, that's our promise. We're not going to do things the way that they've always been done. It's going to be disruptive. It's going to change your paradigm because that is a value that we have. And it's not just change for the sake of change, but it's change for the sake of saying, let's get out of this stupor of what it looks like to be a Christian. Let's just get out of this stupor of just life as usual and just going along with things. And let's wake up and let's say this, God has called me to be a part of this city and to bring healing and wholeness to our city. You know what? We're passionate about your story. We're passionate about what God has for you. We're passionate about what you've gone through. We're, we we want to know what it is that, God, what is God doing in your life right now? How has God made significant inroads into your heart and how have you opened yourself up to that? How has God healed your marriage? How has God done amazing things in our city? We want to know about what's going on in your story and I'll, I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And we're still going. We're still going. We're not done yet. If you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. It says this, chapter 2, verse 1, says, So put away all malice, and malice is hatred, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. That's, that's, what, that's what Peter's saying here. He's saying, all right, so moral transformation needs to take place. It's, your, your salvation isn't contingent on your moral transformation. But what it's saying is this, it's saying if this is true of you, then these sh things should be taking place. You should progressively be becoming somebody who is not angry at people and full of hatred all the time. Think about people who are on various religious perspectives. There's a lot of hatred going on, political stuff. There's a lot of hatred that's going on. For a Christian, this will not do. You've got to put away all hatred. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. People that you disagree with vehemently, people who live a different way than we do, we have to put away all hatred. It doesn't matter what we believe is true about the Bible. Hatred has no place. i got to keep going. And all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. We could just stop right there and just say, oh, crud, we got some stuff we got to take care of. But it says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk. What's the pure spiritual milk? It is the milk. It's the nutrients. It's the sustenance that comes from the word of God. And what Peter is saying, and God through Peter, he's saying this. Like, if you're a Christian, then what's going to be happening in your life is that you're going to be somebody who is putting away sin, and you're putting away sin, and it's a constant battle because you're putting away sin, and you're saying, you're going through your life, and you're not just saying, beating yourself up, saying, I'm such a, a rotten sinner, but you're saying this, I need Jesus in this area of my life. I have more hope in sex 
money, power, whatever it is. I have more hope in those things than I do in Jesus. Jesus wants to reconcile you to himself. He wants to bring new things about in your life. And he wants you to long for the pure spiritual milk. And that spiritual milk is the word of God. It's the nutrients that comes from God through the local church and through that body. He says that by it you may grow up into salvation. You're saved, but you would grow up into that. You're saved, but you would mature from a baby into an, an adult. You'll be somebody who's growing into that. Grow up into salvation. That's what God's been doing here at Outward Church. A lot of people who have just been zeros have become heroes. A lot of people who had nothing uh, as it relates to leadership potential. Now our leaders, a lot of people who were really not connected with the local church are now connected. They're growing up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Oh, oh, have you tasted that the Lord is good? Have you tasted it? Have you tasted that the Lord is good? Or is it just a passing thought? Is it just something that you're doing? Is it just something that you attend? Is it just something that you're doing to appease the wife? Is it just something that you're doing to appease the husband? Have you tasted that the Lord is good? It says in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Are you taking refuge in him? the Lord. Is, is, is that your refuge or is it more money? Is that your refuge or is it more sex? Is that your refuge or is it more power? Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Verse 4, as you come to him, that's Jesus, a living stone. Why is he a living stone? Because he was put in the grave dead and he came up alive. He's a living stone. And there's a metaphor here that we're going to connect in just a second. Rejected by, by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Jesus is rejected by men, but in the sight of God, he's chosen and precious. Understand this. If Jesus was persecuted, you also will be persecuted. It's not popular to be a Christian today. It's not popular to be somebody who believes what the Bible has to say. It doesn't mean that we have to be hateful about it. But what it does mean is this, is that it, it, it means that Jesus went through this. And people tripped and stumbled over him. It's going to say here in just a second. Verse 5, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now this is where I'm getting right here. You yourselves like living stones. You get your identity because Jesus is the prototype. He is the living stone. But you yourselves, like living stones, you get your identity from Jesus. Jesus is the one who shows you who you really are. You think, no, I'm really this. I'm not really that good of a person. Or I'm not really that bad of a person. Jesus is the one who gives you your identity. He's the one who shows you who you really are and what you are like. Why? Because he's the creator. He knits you together in your mother's womb. He knows you inside and out. He knows your thoughts. He knows your fears. He knows your struggles. He knows what you rejoice in. He knows what you're depressed about. He knows what you want. He knows what you need. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Do you realize this? That you cannot be a Christian alone. You're being built up. Maturity and salvation, the pure spiritual milk, is building you up into a building. God's been laying a foundation here for quite some time. God's been laying a foundation here at Outward Church with a lot of people who didn't think that they were anything, with a lot of people who didn't think they had what it took, but you've been built up, and there's been a foundation that's been laid. And Outward Church... You are that foundation. You are that foundation. And I don't think this can be lost on us. That it matters that you're a part of this local body. That it matters 
that you come and that you enjoy the fruit of what's happening here, that you come and you worship together. It matters because you're being built up. You're being built up into this spiritual house, but it's more than just a spiritual house. We're not just kind of sitting here, and it's not just a building. It's a people group. You're being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. And this is what we call the priesthood of all the believers. It doesn't mean that all of us will be wearing hats, funny hats by the end of the day and long robes. What it does mean is this. Is that I may be a local leader here. But you're just as much a priest as I am. You're just as much a part of this as I am. It's not left up to the professionals to do ministry. It's not just up to the people who uh, have read some books or done whatever. It's, it's up to all of us. You are a part of the priesthood. You are a part of the people of God who are being built up into a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices in view of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You've been built up to be a spiritual house, to to be a, a priest, to be somebody who's mitigating, bringing Jesus to people, bringing the hope of forgiveness uh, of Jesus to people. But even more than that, you are somebody who is bringing the gospel to bear on your own life and has effects on our community. And it's amazing. I read in one of my commentaries says this, the significance and purpose of the individual Christian cannot be realized apart from community with other believers. You know what they're saying about us? I was watching a documentary last night about Steve Jobs. He created products to try to bring people together so that we'd ooh and ah over them. But the crazy thing is that it creates alone together. We're all alone together because we're into our devices. And we're into our media and we're into our things. It would seem like there's more connection today than ever before through Facebook and, and media and text messaging, but we're more alone than ever. You can't be a Christian outside of the community of believers. You can't operate as a Christian. You need the community to become the fullness of who God has called you to be. And I'm not saying when you leave the church you lose your salvation. I'm saying this, you're not fulfilling what God has called you to. You're not fulfilling the maturity that God has called you to. You're not drinking from pure spiritual milk. I, I want to challenge our church today. I want to challenge you with something, and that is to make being a part of the local gathering important in your life, to make it something that you refuse to miss if you cannot help it. Like if you're sick and you're puking, whatever, yeah, I get it. This is not legalism. This is saying, this is the word of God that says this, that we're being built together into something. It's not, it's not that, well, I became a Christian and now it stopped. No, we're being built together. And so God is calling us to gather together. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing as it says in Hebrews. Some of us very easily squeak out of church and we say, you know what? I, you know, I've got too many things going on. I've got a lot going on at work right now, or I've, you know, I, I just haven't had a day off, or what have you. But God's calling you to more. And it's, it's not about attendance. It's about being together in community so that God can build you up. God is building you up. But let me tell you, traction happens in your life, in your spiritual walk, when you're a part of this community on a regular basis. And you're attending no matter what. You make that a priority. You show your kids, I'm attending no matter what. I'm a part of this. I'm a part of that community. How can I not be there? we got to go on. He says, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. There's a promise and a caution in here. Jesus is the cornerstone. We just sung cornerstone. We're talking about everything through Jesus. What have we been building on? Jesus as our cornerstone. 
God's been laying a foundation at Outward Church. The cornerstone, the model of what's happening here is Jesus Christ. The cornerstone means this. Everything is set off of that corner. The, the straightness of this building, how square it is, happens because of our focus on Jesus Christ as our cornerstone. A friend of mine called me uh, yesterday, and he's building a house, and I have some uh, experience in, in home building, and he said, I've got something wrong with my foundation. Can you come out and take a look at it? And I came out and took, took a look at it, and right in the middle of the house, there's a footing that goes down the inside of the house, and I could watch it just kind of drift off this way. I have no idea if the guys who built it even had a measuring tape or a square or a string line or anything because it looked so bad. And he said, should we leave it and just adjust the framing around it? And I said, no. Because that being off right there is going to affect the whole house. And if you don't have Jesus in your life, and if Jesus isn't the cornerstone of what we're doing, if he's not setting the model of what's happening, the whole house is thrown off. Jesus is our cornerstone. Amen. I'm looking over here. You better clap. Come on. We got to be passionate in this place. I'm going to be disruptive if you don't. So, The cornerstone is Jesus, and we must, we must have him there. And that is what we've laid here, guys. We have laid Jesus as our cornerstone. And hopefully every sermon that you're hearing talks about this, that Jesus has got to be the foundational element of your life. You can't be in this because you want morality. You can't be in this just because your family's falling apart. You can come to Jesus because of that. But what you're going to find out is the reason why your family's falling apart is because Jesus isn't the cornerstone. The reason why life isn't working the way that it was intended to is because Jesus is the cornerstone. The reason why you don't understand the suffering in your life is because Jesus isn't the cornerstone. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We could spend a long time on that verse, and I want to. I want to really bad right now. But I, just, I, I have to tell you this. God is not creating just a single person. God is creating a people. Are you a part of that people? God is creating a nation. He's not creating an individual. He's creating a nation, and it's a holy nation. Are you a part of that? Or are you a fair-weather friend, somebody that comes when it's convenient, somebody that engages as you feel like it? Or are you drinking the pure spiritual milk and saying, I am God's people, I am a part of this. I am a part of that building. Once you were not a people, once you weren't this, but now you are God's people. And it's for a purpose that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. That you would proclaim how awesome God is. And you don't know how awesome God is as long as religion, Christianity, going to church is simply just a word. As long as you're not passionate about what's going on, it's just going to be a word to you. But if you're somebody who has experienced Jesus, if you're somebody who's experienced what he's done, then you are somebody who can proclaim the excellencies of Jesus Christ. Can you proclaim his excellencies? Can you proclaim all the cool stuff about God? Can you proclaim how good he is. And I want to tell you that oftentimes we don't see it because we're just engaged in a social group. I got to move on. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Christians so often say, I'm saved by grace, and so it's fine if I, if I act in these ways. 
It's fine if I screw over uh, my neighbor or my business partner or the people at my work or cheat on my taxes or cheat on my time card. It's fine if I just kind of am just dabbling with sin. But Peter is saying, I am urging you that you're not from here anymore. You're a part of a new people. You have a new identity. The living stone has given you, given you his identity. You are now living. Once you were dead, now you are alive. And as a result, what happens is this, is that your conduct changes. And you become somebody different. And as a result, our community sees what's happening. Because there's reality. There's not hypocrisy. There's reality in your life. Who you are at home is who you are at church and work. You're the same person all the way through. And you're somebody who's honoring Christ with your life. You're somebody who's honoring him. And what's happening is this, is that they're seeing your good deeds. Not just that you're a moral person, but the fact that you're a generous person. A friend at work has a need, and you rally people and yourself and your wallet, and you say, we're going to help them. You see a need in the community that we put together through uh, our, our programs here at the church, and you say, I want to be a part of that. Why do we do that? Because the church is the hope of our city through Jesus Christ. Because the church offers so much to our community. We offer healing and grace. We offer food. We offer living water through Jesus Christ. We offer so much. This is what we do, guys. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is what the scriptures say we are, but this is also who we are as a church. Do you know what's been happening in our church? Some amazing things. God's been doing amazing things in and through our church, uh, throughout our city. I need to get into this so that we can end this sermon at some point. One of, the, one of the things that we, that we thought about is this, is that we want to help our church uh, communicate to our city who we are and what we're doing. And so we've uh, created a, a new logo through the uh, graciousness of one of our members. He's helped us put this together. And so one of the ways that we want to do this is we want the Outward Church logo to be a symbol of hope. We want the Outward Church uh, logo to be something that's going throughout our city and people are like, hey, that's that church that loves Jesus and lives outward. And our community is better because of what they're doing. Our community sees that this is what's happening and it's better as a result. And so we wanna bring hope uh, to our city in and through this. And so one of the ways that we're um, asking you to take part in this and be a part of this so that you're reminded of this is because you're always looking at your stinking devices and so we, we want to help you get into that. And so uh, we've created these uh, Outward Church backgrounds. And so this is just a small thing. That's weird. We've got some other writing across the front of that. Okay. Yeah. So th this is what we have for computers. That's ember. That is, I, 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 don't, I don't even know, green, jade. There's, there is uh, sriracha in there. I love to say sriracha, right? Where's sriracha? Is that it right there? It's a lot more red on the computer screen, but you can say, this is sriracha. It's just, and you sound like you're, you're, you speak Spanish or something. I, I have no idea. I don't, don't know what I'm saying right now. But anyway, and then we have some, some phone backgrounds. And I, I want to tell you that one of the things that I, I've done, I, I downloaded this on my phone uh, just recently. And one of the things that it does is I see it every time and I just go, ah, I need to remember that I'm a pastor, number one. Number two... <laughs> Uh, as I was in the dry cleaning place again last night, and again, they don't have my shirts done. And I'm just going, ah! Okay, anyway, all right, so I, so I have this on my phone. What, what this is going to do, you may get sick of it after a while, but this is something that we want to help our church for a while get on the same page. What are we doing in our city? We love Jesus, and we live outward, and our community sees that. Our community sees that as a result. That's one thing. The second thing that we want to do is we want to begin telling stories. We want to tell your story. We want to tell uh, what's happening in your life and what God is doing in the midst of the circumstances of your life. You can help us with this by going to ourchurch.com forward slash stories, and you can tell your story of what God's been doing in your life as a result. And I, I want to tell one story right now, Colin. 
Would you mind coming up here? This is Colin Box. He's been uh, leading over at Richmond Elementary uh, for us. He also is on staff over at the soccer club. I've, I'm going to forget the name of the soccer club. Uh, is that on? Is it green? It is on. There you go. Nice. Your work is called, again, Capital Football Club. Capital Football Club. There you go. Nice. And so, Colin, one of the things that we said in one of our last vision casting exercises was to say, we want to see a sports camp established at Richmond Elementary, and we want it to be ongoing. And so we heard about something that God was doing at another church and along with some other churches, and then Colin said, I'd love to take that on. And so you've been leading that now along with Adam Sutton, who's interning over there. And tell us about that. How's that been going? Yeah, so we started, uh, it's an after-school soccer program, and we told the Richmond Elementary, uh, give us your, your toughest kids. It's a program for fourth and fifth grade kids. And uh, Adam and I, along with a couple other coaches, have been there every Friday. Um, we have about 20 kids uh, or so, boys and girls, that are all from mostly, I mean, the whole school is in, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of difficulty there. But these are, we're asking them, hey, give us the ones that are, you really need help with or that really need help. So we've got kids there. Um, we teach soccer, obviously, because a lot of the kids, they connect through sports, so it's something that we can do, and we can do practices ongoing. Um, we try and give them, we teach life skills through soccer, so that's something that the school really likes, and the kids are, we're trying to give them tools, like, uh, you know, working on your weaknesses, or teamwork, or things like that, that we're saying, do this in, in soccer, do this in life, do this at your school, those kinds of things. So we've been doing that since uh, September, October, and we just uh, we had a break over the the winter time, and then we're we just were back in there on Friday. So tell us about um, whatever you feel like is appropriate in the setting, like um, some of the stories that you that you've heard. Do you feel like you could s tell yeah. a couple of those anonymously? Yeah. So I mean, for example, <laughs> uh, actually one of the teachers referred a couple kids to us that um, she was like, I think these kids would be really good for your program. They're not allowed. Their parents don't let them come back home after school until after 6 o'clock. So they're just hanging out in the neighborhood. How, how old are these kids? Uh, one's a fourth grader, the other one's a fifth grader. Okay, so the fourth just, and fifth grader on the streets until 6 o'clock yeah. have nowhere to go, right? They're just hanging out. Um, so we get them into our program and are starting to try and give them something positive to do after school to connect with other kids and with other people. Uh, there's even this Saturday, uh, this Friday, <laughs> we, we take fourth and fifth graders, but there's siblings of other kids who don't have anything else to do after school that are sitting there watching um, that, that just don't have anything to do. There's, there's nobody that cares about them, that they don't want to go back home. One of the things that the counselor, the school's counselor told me is that the kids get really riled up on Fridays, especially because they don't want to go home. They, they don't want to go home because their home life is so hard that, that they get anxious about going home. They don't have anything to eat. So one of the ways and yeah, we, we, can, we can help as a church is they, it's a simple thing. They don't have food to eat on the weekends. And so a lot of their, the kids' problems at school come from the fact that they don't have anything to eat and they're not sleeping. And so one of the ways that we can help that they are asking us to do is can we come up with some sack lunches that we can send with kids for the weekend when they're not being fed at school? Um, things like this where this isn't happening like some faraway place. This is like right next to us. And there's a lot of kids and families that are in a lot of need that we can help. Soccer is just a tool that we use to try and say, okay, here we are. Um, but there's so, many there's so many more things that we can do um, through that. So. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's the, the soccer program. Those stories are, are just, they're numerous. Yeah. The, the, the stories of just heartbreaking stuff yeah. that you, that um, we could spend some time talking about right now. Sure. But we're talking about some serious need in our city right now. This is where Outward Church is involved. Mm -hmm. uh, you're heading that up at, at Richmond Elementary mm -hmm. and being the go-between between GRASP, and then, which is the soccer program, and then also... Um, with uh, the mentoring program yeah. that we'd like to establish. Yeah. And so we've got to put information uh, for that up on the website as far as when they can be involved. 
and things of that nature. One of the things that you guys can do for us is that like, if, if you want to be a part of this, you can email us, info at our church. You can fill out a connection card and just say, hey, I'm interested in this. They, they should be in the front of the pew there or in the back of the pew if you're on the front row. But um, fill that out and just say, I'm interested in serving in this way. And I just want to tell you, like, we've got to get behind this. Like, it, and it's going to cause pain. And, and you're, you're going to be tired. And you've got other stuff that you could be doing, just like I do. And, but we've got to get behind this. We've got to be a part of this. This is what God has been doing in our city in and through us. And so at the, at the end of the day, what we want to see happen is we want to see uh, God glorified and see our community say, I, I, I want to be a part of that because I see amazing things happen there. So Colin, thank you so much for sharing that. Really appreciate uh, what you're doing there. Can we give him a hand? We want to have more stories like that all the time. We want to have so many stories that we don't know what to do with all of them. We just want to share them. We want to bring them up and just say, this is a need currently in our city and in our church. And if you're a part of this, um, that is going to be awesome. Uh, for 2016, um, we, we have a vision, but are we succeeding? As you just saw right here uh, with Colin, we've established something, and it's just on its on its sea legs, if you will. It's just beginning, and so we've been, we've been going since the beginning of the year, but we have more to do there. But THX, our Thanksgiving event, we served about a, a little over 600 people. That was 110 families. We raised the funds faster than we've ever raised them before. You guys were incredibly generous through this, and all of the funds, I think almost all of the funds, except for a few gifts here and there, came from inside of our church. That's a huge thing. I saw people who I didn't think could, could give that much, give a lot. I want to say thank you to you guys and just say God is using you to be generous with our city. And we were able to do that through our Thanksgiving event where we served uh, these local families. Highland Elementary was incredibly grateful for how we served along with them through the Thanksgiving event as well. We got a, a big collage from them, from the kids, an email uh, that essentially said, we didn't have any other food this weekend for this Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for what you gave. It was in broken English because they were a Spanish family. We had an equipped discipleship group, which went really well, and we learned a lot from that. And one of the things that we're doing, we're going to be implementing that through our community groups. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. We had our first ever women's retreat, 35 women did that. First ever, our second uh, men's retreat, 60 guys at that. Our outward kids area is really packed out, which means we are really good at making babies. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. And so uh, blessings on you. Um, sorry to those that are single right now, but God is, God is gracious. So we'll keep going here. Um, young adults group that's up and running, doing amazing things. Hillcrest, the uh, juvenile detention center, um, was just served recently. That was uh, incredible. Got to preach the gospel there. Hope Pregnancy Center, uh, that's an area where we're serving as well. Um, in our church, uh, over the last year, we had two of the largest services we've ever had at our church. Uh, last Easter, we had uh, three, 375 people this Christmas Eve, which is not typically the best attended service that we have because we have such young people. Had about 380 people. That was amazing. Um, right now, we're growing at about 17% growth, if that continues. You can be a part of that. You can be a part of, of helping us uh, continue in this by doing a couple of things. Um, one is attending, um, just being a part of it, just serving, being a part of this, and, and uh, welcoming people into the presence of God, being a part of that. Um, in addition to this, um, inviting people, inviting them to be a part of the community, Inviting them in, telling people about what God's doing at our church, inviting them to our service projects, inviting them into your group, inviting them to be a part of your life, inviting them into your home and having dinner with them, just hearing about their life, not cramming the gospel down their head. Um, uh, another way that you can be a part of this is through our groups. It's through outward groups. Our outward groups are, are changing right now. Surprise, surprise. We want to be disruptive. But as of right now, what we're doing is we're taking a little bit of a different approach. And specifically, why we want to see you be engaged with this is because we shouldn't be doing life alone. Uh, God didn't create you for individuality. He created you for community. And really briefly here, I can tell you more about this. 
um, in uh, the coming weeks. Um, but on uh, but here uh, towards the end of January, we'll be starting groups. Um, we have 10 groups that we're beginning with. We're hoping to establish 20 groups total uh, by the end of the school year. That's a big, big goal, but we have some people that are lined up for that, but we need more apprentices who are willing to come alongside of that. We need more people who are saying, I'm willing to lead. I'm willing to step out in faith and, and, and see God use me, uh, but we'll have basically three different kinds of groups. All of them are really centering out of the community groups, but we'll have community groups where you'll meet in homes. Uh, we'll have some special interest groups. Uh, some of you heard us talk about ninja groups at one point. These are special interest groups. We're creating them for our community to help engage our community in serving them or just doing something fun together, a way that we can get into the community and meet people and help them with their local needs. We have multiple examples of that right now. In addition to that, our equip discipleship groups. Our main focal point on this is that we want to develop deeper, long-lasting relationships. Uh, and through these relationships, we want to learn to love Jesus and to live outward. And as a result, affect our community. If you want to know how to get on board with what's going on at Outward Church, this is one of the main ways is to engage in community. Uh, another way uh, that you can get on board is through generosity. It's through your generosity. Over the last uh, couple of years, in 2014... We brought in about $275,000. Uh, in 2015, um, we budgeted $300,000. What actually came in was $328,000. So that was a huge, huge... I mean, I, I want to tell you, that doesn't mean that our pockets are lined. It means that we spent that money in our city. It means that we were serving our community that much more. It means that Salem is a better place because of your generosity, because of how God has used you in that. You've experienced God's generosity, and as a result, you've given back. That represents 19% giving growth. Um, uh, over the, and let me just give you an idea of, of what this looks like with the, uh, the budget. This is how that was spent, 45% on staffing. Not all of that goes to me, good grief. Stop thinking that. Um, facility, 19%, 11% for programming, 11% for operations, 3% is other. I don't know what that is. Um, and then giving, <laughs> we'll find out, I promise. Uh, but uh, uh, giving, 10%. So church planting, uh, THX, the Thanksgiving event. Um, there's a couple of other things that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, oh, ben benevolence, um, helping some people out in the community and things of that nature, giving about uh, 10%. So about three hundred, uh, about $30,000 basically went out of our doors as a result of that. Um, uh, moving on here. Another way that you can be a part of what's going on is that you can become a member. Ultimately, because the church consists of many parts, membership is essentially ownership. It's owning what's happening here. It's saying, I'm not just going to be a spectator, I'm going to be a participant. I'm going to be somebody who's in the driver's seat and being a part of this. And here's, here's what I want to do. Uh, we're revamping our membership process. It's going to be a, a one-day thing. I don't know how long exactly quite yet. We'll have that in February nailed down. We want to see everyone go through it, even if you're already a member. We want to see you go through it again and recommit to the vision of the church and recommit to how you're going to participate in that and be an owner. Act like you own this thing. Act like you are a part of this thing uh, with us and we will enjoy your friendship in the midst of that. A um, couple more things here. Outward Kids is doing amazing as well. I wanted to show you this, this logo. They're doing an, an incredible job back there and we're looking to expand that, get more stuff going on back there for your kids. We're caring for them, loving on them. And second to the last thing is uh, outward students. Um, our, our goal is to create an outward students group, so junior high, high school, um, in the coming days so that we're able to serve uh, even older families and older kids. And so what this looks like is this, is that if God is put on your heart to be a part of that, if, if God has put on your heart to help with that financially, one of the things that we could do is that we could hire somebody um, uh, part-time who is basically supported by people in their gifts who are saying, I'm going to give 
to the general fund, but then I'm also going to give a little bit extra so that this person can be on there. You can help us jumpstart that by being a part of that process. You can let us know if you're interested in that. We are very rapidly working to make that happen in the coming days. And all that to say, God is doing amazing things here at Outward Church, and I hope that you're excited about what God is doing, and I hope that you'll participate with uh, what's happening here. I hope that you'll understand that you're a part of this church, and I hope most of all that you'll understand that Jesus is the cornerstone of this church that is here to serve this community and you, of course, so that we can do amazing things in our city. Are you, are you with me in this? Are, are we excited about this? Come on. I'm excited about our new look. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do uh, in and through us. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to serve you, Lord, to, uh, to come together as your people, and Lord, to truly give our, our hearts and our lives, our minds, our, our generosity, Lord, the, the moments uh, that, that we'll miss out of doing something at home as we're serving in our community, or the things that we may even miss out on at home because we choose to be at the local church. Lord, I pray that this would create incredible disciples, people that are passionate about you, passionate about crafting incredible things, relationships, environments, people that are passionate about being disruptive in our society, avoiding all of the trappings of what it looks like to be a Christian in everyone's mind and just breaking the mold and saying, no, this is Jesus Christ. He is our chief cornerstone. He is who we follow. We love him and we live outward as a result. Lord, may it be so. May it be so in our city. May we be a place of restoration, a place of healing. May we be a place of comfort. May we be a place that is serving our community passionately. It's in your name we pray. Amen.